careful when you're saying vigorous. Mm. Well, it's true. The mics are hot. <laughs> it's like Sai always used to do that. Remember, he used to do, like, do that. He go, "Hey, white power." Or, hey, what? You know, he'd say that. And uh, we were in order to record that. He goes, "White power." And then <laughs> right at the end of the show, Eric's like, "Oh, by the way," and he sits in his bun and he's here's the recording. White power, going, white power, white, white power, white power. White power. <laughs> so I was like, Rick, turn it off, record it, delete it, get rid of it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you mean the thing he used to do? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. That he certainly doesn't do. I think that was the, uh, the tipping point right there when he was like, I think this could be bad for my career. Start whenever you're ready. We're going to start. Yeah? And we have all that white power talk. Oh, great. Well, size size mostly uh, incriminated, so that works out for me. All the cues. <laughs> <laughs> that five minute training didn't cover any, everything? <laughs> Tonight? Or when? Okay. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. Throw off our significant mojo. Yeah, right, right. All right, so we're good then, guys? Yeah, okay. All right, you guys are ready? Nope. Nope. Sure. <laughs> I'll take that as a yes. All right. All right. That's what Garrison Keillor got in trouble for. <laughs> <laughs> I think we are recording. There we go. Yep. That's it. Leave Save that. that for the stage with his niece. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a class act all the way. Wouldn't I be of lesser integrity if I took a joke out just to pander to one person? Yes. No, I wholeheartedly support. Okay, let's, <laughs> let's start. We'll start for real. Uh, oh, I thought that was the start. Well, hey, he can decide whether to leave that in or not. I say yes. Just ask Garrison. Just ask Garrison. <laughs> this is episode 278 of No Laugh Track Podcast. It is the uh, week between Christmas and New Year's. The taint of the holidays. The taint of the holidays. <laughs> it is. <laughs> it is the taint. And uh, my name is Justin Severson, and I am here with the two headliners. Am I saying that correctly? Two headliners? Yeah. Am, am, yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. No one wants. No I mean, one, no one can claim owners, that yet. Other club owners might disagree with you, <laughs> but technically, it is true at least for right this week. Co-headliners. Yeah. 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 I that, prefer two headliners. Co-headliners take, sounds like it takes both of us to pull it off. <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 <laughs> right. Those voices are Brian Miller and Nate Abshire. Fellas, we're here. Yo. Hey. Yo, we did one night. You did, we, because well, I was here. You were I, here. I didn't perform. You helped. I, yeah. I just, uh, I, I laughed. You were a part of the entire entire organism that became the show. I'll yeah. take that. Yeah. I'll take that. I was also one of the last people to arrive. I need to apologize. Nate, you were already on stage when I got here. Well, you son of a bitch. I know. So Apparently he started strong. <laughs> That's true. So I'm told. I don't think I did, but I, comparatively, I think. Let's yeah, start. It's all relative. <laughs> <laughs> so this is a unique week. You guys, uh, you've done. Have you split this week before? We co-headlined like, uh, we like a Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, maybe. Two or? years ago, we co-headlined Christmas week. Right. Right. Uh, and then when Christmas was on like a Saturday or something, it was yeah, a fragmented week kind so of. So it was like it was just Tuesday through Thursday. It was like a three-show week. Yep, and then closed Sunday, and then, then they were closed Christmas Eve, Christmas Saturday, Day, yeah. and Friday, Saturday. And then our very first week here ever, when we were, it was actually before we were even MCs, was like eight years ago, Christmas week. Yep. Oh, really? Yeah. But Slagle hosted, and me and Nate and Trevor each did like, did we do tens? I think. Yeah, that sounds yeah. right. Or maybe fifteens. No, I think we just. Did, I don't even think we did fifteens. I think we did tens. Okay. They All were right. shorter. I, yeah. But um, 
It would make sense. Anyway, uh, yeah, because then my first MC week was like two weeks after that. Yeah, mine was like in February or mm. something. How much of that 15 did you guys do tonight, uh, last night? The 15 um, from eight I years ago. New, I wrote a new part that I like doing at the end of my petting zoo joke, but you can't really do the new part without doing the old part. So uh, I did that. I think that's the only thing that yeah. I did from that game. There's definitely jokes from that 15 that are still in my act, but I didn't do any of them last night. Okay. I did notice there were uh, sur- there were some greatest hits, certainly, last night from both of you guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, I'm, uh, I don't write that much. Well, <laughs> I wasn't setting you up to defend yourself with more writing. I, think I did too much new stuff, but I, my thing is, I have a couple of I have a couple of new jokes that really are better served being set up by old jokes. Okay, and so you're like, yeah, okay, okay. You also have like a a chunk of seasonal material. Yes, like he's got a I don't know ten minutes. It's about five to seven. Yeah, yeah, it's a chunk yeah, of Christmas stuff. Is that fair of him to be Christmas busting stuff? out uh, seasonal stuff? No, I don't. I don't write any seasonal stuff. No, I kind of like doing like those jokes uh, because some of them are kind of old. The Yule log joke is probably like five years old now, but you only get to do it. B- I only do it basically like from maybe the week before Thanksgiving to the week after Christmas. So y- you don't get tired of them as much because they've been in cold storage for a while. Yeah, there you go. You don't bust a Yule log <laughs> joke in July? Uh, I've done that at a couple of corporates when I was really desperate for clean material. <laughs> for real? <laughs> like, hey, let's talk about the holidays. Yeah, you just... Holidays are coming up in about eight months. <laughs> yeah. You connect this to the past. Christmas will be here before you know it. Yeah, anyway, right. speaking of Christmas, seems <laughs> like it's here every year, every year. <laughs> I'm doing a corporate in two weeks, and I will definitely be doing all of the holiday material. There the you go. There you go. So I want uh, this will be a, this will be the good test for you guys. Explain what you can exactly about what's going on this week. With there's sort of a contest yeah, involved. It's it is actually uh, Acme's. First ever professional contest. Okay. Two contestants. There's only two. It's, it's one on one. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Match play. <as laughs> Registration is closed. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you can't still enter. Um, but uh, every other contest that Acme's ever had is an amateur, has been amateur contests. Mm-hmm. Um, and this one is uh, Brian versus me. Mm-hmm. And uh, we're it's a two man show. So each of us are doing 45. No MC. No, no MC. MC. And, uh, and then after the show, the audience comes up to us, and that's where the voting happens. But we can't really, we're not allowed to explain how the voting works because it's designed to be as confusing as possible. <laughs> as confusing and hurtful as possible. <laughs> For right. everyone. Right. It's possible that I yelled at a couple of audience members. <laughs> it's, I mean, po- it's possible. It's, yeah. I would never admit that I witnessed such a thing. So uh, so after night one, you've only had one night so far. So after night one, uh, I mean, I saw you guys. I, I left here pretty quickly, but I saw you guys, you know, quick, uh, also quickly leave the club. We and head to. outside and head Yeah, you yeah. have to. Part of the rules, I guess. Yep. And then, uh, I mean, how did it go last night? Then people well, came up to you. Remember last year's Super Bowl when um, the, the Patriots were losing by, like, 24 points at halftime? Mm-hmm. It went like that. <laughs> what? <laughs> I really don't like <laughs> this analogy. Because you're not a sports fan? <laughs> no, because because he's calling himself the Patriots. Hey, if you choose to view it that way. <laughs> they were the favorite in that Super Bowl, I believe. They were the favorite, uh-huh. and yet at the beginning they seemed to be losing. Interesting. Well, here's I realized the problem last night uh, when I was uh, drunk and, and uh, crying and eating ribs. Um, I'm not likable. 
people like my jokes, but then when it comes time to like look me in the face, they're like, <laughs> "Yeah, but I don't like him. Right. He's like not a likable person." What? Right. No, no one likes me. People like my jokes. No, he's a great like joke me. writer. He's. I mean, you should see the jokes that he's written for other people. Oh, they, they well do very well. Do. When yeah. people that people like tell my jokes, it's gold. It goes very well. Yeah. <laughs> what the hell? <laughs> yeah. So you were. Uh, should we? Is this is the idea behind this whole thing, Lewis Lee? Mm, yeah. Oh yeah. 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 The owner of the Especially club. Especially the more devious machinations of it. Yeah. I would. I think Sai and Slagle have some deviousness input. I'm sure. It feels it feels Slagley a bit. Uh huh. There feels. There, do you definitely feel the Slagle? So now I'm I'm also <laughs> starting to feel that like feeling the Slagle <laughs> feels like it means something completely different. It's like something Gears and Keeler would do. <laughs> <laughs> My slagly didn't even ask. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. I could have gone with Al Franken to make this less uncomfortable. Yeah, could have, but you didn't. didn't. Yep. No. <laughs> Noted. <laughs> um, I feel like you, the fact that um, part of the rules that may be changing nightly and that you have to go out and then like, oh, yeah, they need to like my jokes, but then send you out in front of those exact same people who may like your jokes and not like you. Yeah. That's a real setup to uh, get fucked over, right? fucked over is just to feel really bad about yourself <laughs> yeah in the end i mean we're all winners you know i'm a child of the 80s right yeah i think everyone gets a trophy at the end of this participation gotta have something to, thro to throw out the car window <laughs> when you're angrily driving home i've also never won a comedy contest me neither oh good point oh wow no, I've never won a contest of any kind. I think there's also a distinct possibility we will both lose this one. That would be awesome. You As know, a guy like who's already losing, I'm <laughs> hoping for a push. <laughs> yeah. As a guy that's hitting on a 16. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Actually, I got two cards from the dealer that was 24 total points uh, in blackjack. <laughs> that's how it started. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Neil Justin feel like you should split that one. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, I, I, is there going to be a... Uh, if there is a winner that's one of you... Yes. Is there a trophy? No, the winner gets to close the midnight... Or the New Year's Eve, the last show. Yes. That's the, the prize. Oh! Which is also oh, a little bit ironic because it's probably the show you, one of the shows you'd rather go first on. Yeah. And plus, because the... The thing that's kind of counterintuitive about the the ten thirty show on New Year's Eve is that that show butts up to midnight. Mm -hmm. So the last comic is actually under more of a time constraint than the first comic, which is usually that split. Right. Yeah. Right. That's a great point. Um, as the last comic, like let's say we start five minutes late, and then the first one does forty five, then you're only doing forty because you know you got to bring the other guy up for the toast at midnight or whatever. Yeah. 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 You know sportsmanship and all that, but. Uh, I'll be home already. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think. I mean, you know, look, we'll see how it goes. I guess. I'm telling you, <laughs> I'll be parked. I'll be in my garage with the car still running. <laughs> the car still running. <laughs> Sounds like we know the results already. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah, carbon monoxide poisoning. That's the results. <laughs> uh, will the will you will your T-shirt make an appearance, Brian? Your Nate uh, T-shirt t -shirt. is lost to the ages. The T-shirt. What? Was I I only had that T-shirt uh, like a rare flower for about twelve hours. I picked it up from the store, 
But that was the second one. That was the second one, yeah. I still have okay. the old T-shirt. The second T-shirt, though, Emily Galati and I were the last people to leave the party. She her, uh, Occasionally, I wrote jokes for her, for her and uh, she, she does well with that. People like oh, her. Okay. Um, yeah. I mean, she writes a ton of jokes, but I write like every right. now and then. But but when it happens, they <laughs> like it. Um, and she, she and I were both very, very drunk. And um, I've always thought that you and her share the quality of being very unlikable. Oh, she'll have to tell her that. <laughs> <laughs> I just, I just thought that you had that in common. I, I don't, you know, I like. I think her. she still got me beat. I like her. Well, yeah. I mean, uh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I, I think it's in an Uber somewhere. I mean, no one's quite sure. I thought I left it in the green room, and then, and then you say it's in an Uber, like it, an Uber's a taxi, and it's always an Uber. Yeah. Like, at the end of that guy's shift, that just became someone else's shirt. Sure, it was a sparkly shirt. Well, I thought I left it in the green room, and then I thought you took it. Oh, that would have been great. Which I would have totally appreciated. Capture the flag style. You <laughs> yes, know? yes. Uh, but you know, I was fine with that. But then I, I could tell when I asked you, you're like, no, I actually didn't. I was like, well, damn it. And then I thought Pete Lee might have it. Pete Lee doesn't have it. No one knows. Emily, not, no one remember. It was like four in the morning. It'll be great to like, you'll be going to a garage sale somewhere in five years and see that shirt. My, I'm just going to go ahead and tell you this because I probably won't ever do it. My initial plan for the Funnier Than Nate Abshire shirt from the first time was I was going to have like a hundred of them made really cheaply. And back when you used to live on Franklin, you know, and Franklin and like uh, Linda, <laughs> I was going to donate them to a homeless shelter, like or whatever, to yes. by there, because I thought there was a decent chance at some point you would see a I'd random see homeless guy random walk person. by with that shirt on. But you had to say, you had to, get, you really going to pump a lot of the shirts out there to yeah. get the numbers. That's the an expensive prank. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. like a prank. If you were f- like famous that you could, yeah, I figured I could pull it off for like three, four hundred dollars. I, d- I checked into it. That's more than I'd invest in a prank, I have to admit. Yeah, well, I thought I was going to be more successful than I am. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you and me both. <laughs> I remember the last time I got a cavity filled, the d- dentist was like, this will hold for like five, six years. And I remember thinking, that's all the time I need. <laughs> <laughs> so you're telling me it's going to fall out in the grave? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be I'll be able to afford veneers by then. Yeah. Who gives a shit? You replace them with a platinum grill that says Eight funny. years later, everything just hurts. <laughs> <laughs> So you're both exactly where you thought you'd be. Oh, what absolutely. You're saying. <laughs> yeah, sure. I think that for a few years, I think that it happens with everyone when you, yeah, if you if you have any sort of trajectory. You know, or whatever. I don't want to say trajectory, but, yeah. but like if you're funny at all, for the for a few years, somewhere in the first five years, you start to get some traction and you go from nowhere at all to like starting starting to get visibility and starting to do better shows and making money. And uh, it feels like you're just on this climb, baby. A rocket ship to yeah. forever. Yeah. <laughs> and then uh, and then it, for a lot of people, it levels out. Some people, it doesn't level out. They're yeah. on that rocket ship, and it's like, oh, I was right. Yeah. Some people, it doesn't even level out. Some people, it goes up briefly and then shoots straight back down, and that's it. <laughs> right. Uh, you know, it's like you're actually reasonably lucky if you even just hit a reasonable level. Yeah. There's something to be said for a plateau that's comfy at least. I feel like, I feel like I'm just under the level where it's like sustainable like (laughs) (laughs) i feel like i i can almost see like if i just worked a little harder i could get enough money to like you know buy like have a real apartment you know something like that yeah yeah crazy crazy aspirations well i saw you uh put on social media something about roommates and cookies last night yeah 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 my roommate uh likes to bake and so when she's asleep i like to eat all of the food that she's made and uh, we 
she's very Minnesotan, so then we don't talk about it afterward. <laughs> <laughs> I like it. Uh, so it works out pretty well for me. I, I doubt that she's the happiest about it. The, your roommate is a very prudent person. I know her. I, I like her a lot. And I, I would imagine that now she probably makes a little bit extra of everything on the assumption that we're going to do Cantaloupe. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that She's it's a planner. Yeah. D- I think from a little extra, you mean like a disgusting <laughs> amount extra. How many cookies <laughs> did you eat last night? Well, she made these. Uh, they're like Rice Krispie treats, but she makes them with cornflakes. But with marshmallows and sugar and all of that. Oh, yes. And yes. butter. And then she makes them into wreaths with yes. green food coloring. Oh, wow. So they look like they look like wreaths for Christmas. And then she puts, like, red hots. Wow. And uh, for the green sprinkles on them. So they look like little <laughs> wreaths. the balls. And there was, like, she brought home from one thing. She brought home probably, like, eight. And I ate maybe five the first day. Like, it was fucking gross i mean they are delicious but it, i felt gross but where i was like really we're doing this again <laughs> and yeah did worked. you hang one of them on your dick at any point <laughs> no they never made it that far. <laughs> <laughs> if, you, if you hadn't eaten it so fast yeah maybe i would have thought of that but and you well, there's always next holidays they're going straight to my butthole <laughs> <laughs> you, can't, you can't deny it either when you have a green tongue afterwards yeah. while that food coloring yeah <laughs> there's no denying it uh brian Miller, yes, I have. You didn't see the uh, article that was written about the show last night. I didn't. I, I um, yeah, I've been in a. Well, I, I might have gotten home, la- gone home last night and drank a whole another extra bottle of wine and eaten ribs, <laughs> and then woke up covered in wine and ribs on the face. Nice. Yeah. So I haven't really seen anything today. That good for you. I did Bob's podcast. I did Sansa Fisher's show. Oh, okay. Uh, I'm going to give you the, some of the highlights from this. Sort of <laughs> Neil Justin uh, was at the show last. Thanks night. to Neil Justin, by the way. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I met him last night. Nice dude. Yeah. He's doing a thing on podcasting, and he came to sign as podcast reporter. Oh, oh yeah. Uh, th- this is what he would. The comics, both veterans of late night TV, acknowledged their local connections in Tuesday's opener during what was billed as a contest between the two friends in which the audiences will decide who is the funniest. You agree with all that so far? Yep. Yeah. Except I'm not a veteran of late night TV. Some TV, though. Yep, yep. Primetime TV. <laughs> yeah, hey, there we go. <laughs> wow. There wow. we go. There we go. Uh-huh. I mean, just, you know. But, I, th- you know, that's fine. What he means is you had to be primed to watch him on TV <laughs> because it was so fast. <laughs> <laughs> I was on screen for over 20 seconds. <laughs> that was la- last comic standing, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. He was the first comic sitting. <laughs> <laughs> that's not true. <laughs> no, actually, I didn't even uh, get an audition for that, so you're fine. <laughs> Abshire's 45-minute set included a warm bit about our frigid temperatures and how the rest of the world shudders at what uh, they consider to be unlivable circumstances. Oh, that's interesting. I don't think anyone's ever talked about it being cold here before. Where do you come up with that? <laughs> Have you been working on that for a while in secret? It's <laughs> a very original bit. I mean, that's a significant premise, you know? Yeah. Well, I, I understand why you kept it under wraps. You didn't want anyone to know. <laughs> you know, it's like when they make the new Star Wars movies. They can't have any spoilers coming out. People are like, wait, it's fucking cold here? I, I have no idea. I don't know why you think people find you unlikable. <laughs> 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 you never come off like a smarmy dickhead. <laughs> Ah. (laughs) (coughs) Uh, Meanwhile, Miller poked fun at uh, allegations aimed at Garrison Keillor That led to Minnesota Public Radio to cut ties with its biggest name (laughs) That makes it sound like my joke got him fired (laughs) Oh man, if I was the Hannibal Burris of white people, that would be pretty (laughs) awesome (laughs) He talked about Garrison Keillor for years and no one would listen to him (laughs) And finally, 
2017. Finally, there was a BuzzFeed article about his joke about Garrison Keillor. <laughs> really got the ball rolling. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then and then uh, Neil Justin goes on to quote uh, your joke, uh, Brian. Oh, nice. Yeah. It is a very funny joke. Thank you. It, it I is. Do like to, I like telling that one. Yeah, I'm not going to read it and murder it, but uh, it is a very funny joke. Well, I mean, you couldn't do it any worse. <laughs> <laughs> if you just want to feel it up a little bit, it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, that's how it works. I, I think so. Um, I wouldn't. I'm. Have you thought about this, Brian? No, Probably. I'm sorry. No, I have it wrong. Oh. Nate, when you're on stage and talking ab- and doing your jokes and talking about a friend, and you say Brian, different yeah. Brian. He means his real friend. I yeah. know. Did didn't I clarify you, real time Brian last night? You did. I don't usually because Brian and I aren't normally on a show together because yeah. his career is going pretty well. But um, <laughs> <laughs> but. But last night I did think of it as I said it. I was like, well, it could, oh, right. it could, it could like in you this, could be influencing in context, the crowd. Well, in this context, you could kind of like throw the story off in, right. a, in a way, right? right? Because right. yeah, people are like um, waiting to see this connection that like it's, it's not right, before. right. Just I didn't want to confuse it. Um, yeah, but my my actual best friend's name is Brian. Brian here <laughs> is my comedy best friend. <laughs> <laughs> I'll take that. I'll take that. I mean, no, I'm fine. Yeah, I'm yeah. I'm not totally okay with that. I met your friend Brian, other Brian. Yeah. He was a delight. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah. Does he spell it the normal way or the wrong way? Like this he Brian? He spells it the right way. The right way? Yeah. Okay. It's his actual name. Yeah. There's that. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, that's mm. right. He's a fucking imposter over here. Yeah. Right. Me and Corey Adam are, are uh, ready to flee. What is your name? Corey's name is Corey Adam Alagrez. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> He's so Italian. He's so Italian. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? Isn't that like might as well every time anyone's spaghetti like spaghetti Q meatball might as well be his name. Anyone's like, what's wrong with that guy? I'm like, he's Italian. He's <laughs> actually doing pretty well. <laughs> now, since you guys are doing, uh, did you, you? Neither of you went. Got to go home for Christmas. No, correct? I, I, uh, uh, I, I kind of favor staying up here. To be honest. I don't like traveling at the holidays. It's as a guy who go, I go home and see my family once or twice a year. It's the worst time <laughs> to plan a trip back. It's like, do you want to have the expensive tickets at a crowded airport, or do you want to probably drive through an ice storm? Yeah. Um, and we had some. We had so many bad luck years with getting snowed in here or there and all that. We just there is Kentucky. Yeah, correct? and That's just sort of saying home? like, man, we're just gonna come down uh, in the summer when it, there's a light all day and we won't die if the car stops. Yeah. You know. So. How does that work with uh, exchanging gifts? Do you just say, ah, we don't do that mail anymore? Em. Mail them. Yep. Just mail them? I mean, we're grown-ups, so we don't really buy gifts for other grown-ups for the most part. But <laughs> I have nieces and nephews, and they're very cute. Yeah. You know, we always send them big you gotta boxes take care of them. stuff. Oh, of course. They're great. Right on. How about you, Nate? I got a, uh, I got a cold from someone on Friday, and so I just stayed home until Tuesday. Okay. He was gonna spend it with me. Gonna yeah, I was gonna go. I was gonna go have dinner with Brian and his wife. Well, with Brian Miller's wife and him. Yeah, it's <laughs> the first time um, I've been there for that. <laughs> <laughs> so it'd be an interesting but dynamic for us. Um, but then I just, uh, I don't know. I did a lot of open mics last week, and someone must have germed up a microphone or something. I, I saw really your. Uh, you uh, seem to blame po- our, our foul Mo. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure it was Mo. Well, it's a handsome cold, at least. You know, he's a good-looking kid. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, it's uh, careful. It <laughs> 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 You're really setting me up to fail here. Right? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't said his last name yet, but if we did, people would already be nervous, wondering what that ah uh, was going to be. About. No, it just. Uh, <laughs> 
I it's funny because he's so nice and genuine mm. that like if I said to you, dude, you got me sick, you son of a bitch, you'd be like, ah, fuck off. Yeah. Right. But he was like, oh, my God, I'm so sorry. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa no, 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 no. You're taking this way wrong. Yeah. It's like talking to Tim Harmson. You're like, oh, wait, it's a nice person. I, yeah, I, I need to, to recalibrate sorry. this whole thing. <laughs> I'm I'm talking to someone like they're a normal shithead when they're not. <laughs> they're they're an actual nice person. Yeah. yeah. I saw your posts on social media. So that would explain that. Where you said something like uh, open micers. This isn't a job. <laughs> well, just. You don't have I to think show it, up. It, it goes to jobs, too. Like, I've never understood the people that show up to work clearly sick mm-hmm. like there's some kind of fucking warrior you're right and it's like hey man the mongols aren't gonna conquer us if you don't show up to run the mail room <laughs> right <laughs> like fucking take a break mm-hmm. and stand-up comedy isn't even a real job so just you know when you're sick take a night off yeah they, they don't they don't your, your default state is not working yeah yeah that's the, sure. that's why it's so hard for me yeah. to understand <laughs> <laughs> is there an opposite of inertia what's the opposite of inertia <laughs> because that guy's got it in spades <laughs> inertia bo- works both ways Oh. Yeah. It's the same. Yeah, yeah. All right. I kind of know. All right. I don't know. <laughs> Nerd. Do you guys, who, uh, day jobs? <coughs> what, are you, you're writing still? I just, yeah, I do, I do some writing and proofreading. Um, I would do that regardless of. Yeah. I like that. It's good. Keeps me, um, keeps me in the mix a little bit. Kind of forces me to get out of the house and it's kind of, it's, it's good to go. Like, I would never want an actual full-time office job. But it's, I think it's really good for me to go once a month. It's If you only go once a month or, or, or you know, city pages for three hours a week, it's kind of fun. But it, it also reminds you what you don't want to be doing. You know what I mean? So it's like, this was fun. I liked this. I would not want to do this every day. So I should probably go home and write some jokes. How, you have articles that are showing up in what, Minnesota Monthly? Minnesota Monthly, yeah. So I, I do humor pieces for them. And yeah, I saw your thing about being nervous about getting gifts. Yeah. Yeah. That was good. Thank you. I didn't want to mention it because I wanted to get you a really extravagant gift to make you really uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> but then I forgot. <laughs> then you remembered you had to get the IRS a really extravagant <laughs> gift yeah. in the next couple of years. <laughs> yeah. I skipped a couple of Christmases with those guys. So. <laughs> he got, a, he got a, some indictments in his stockings. So. <laughs> oh, I can relate. Um, that was I, I read that too. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, it's cool. I, that's, uh, it's fun to write for them. And, yeah, I've been trying to write more in general for – a wider group. So was that appearing in like the print, like the actual uh-huh, magazine? Yeah. Magazine. Yep. Nice. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, I did one about going to Paris with my wife. Oh, getting into print. Yeah. I, th- I hear it's oh. a growth industry. Oh, I'm all of <laughs> it, dude. I, you're talking to a guy who I see. I worked what? in a comic book store, a retail comic book store. <laughs> dead. Uh, journalism. Dead. Stand up comedy. Last legs. Uh, Maybe try to get into radio. I'm, that's my new thing. Oh. I've been doing a lot of radio. I should have suggested that. Yeah. I've been doing a lot of radio, so uh, I'm kind of like. Um, I'm like a canary in the coal mine of the entertainment industry. Like, whenever you see my career die, you're me like, yep, it's about done. Me and my buddy have this great investment opportunity. It's a it's a mail CD system <laughs> where you become a member and you get nine free CDs. Yep. All right. Brian's all over it. was going to be funnier. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah, I, I only dabble in dying mediums. Uh, I understand you teasing him about print, but uh, for me, that's how I can say, like, because that magazine comes to my parents' house. Sure. So then I can connect with them. Like, hey, someone I know wrote yep. in that magazine that you have. Trevor Anderson said he was sitting at his parents' house and, like, killing time reading the magazine. And he was like, what is Brian Miller doing in this magazine about <laughs> outdoors or whatever? <laughs> <laughs> like, what the hell's going on? Right. He called me. He was like, is this you? It seems like you. Like, yep. I'm, I'm crossing all kinds of demographics. Did you just tell him, no, it's a magazine? Trevor. <laughs> <laughs> Are you doing anything else these days? No. No? 
No, I uh, I had a day job for a couple months because I was super broke. But uh, I have a real problem sh- doing that when I have like four or five hundred bucks in the bank. <laughs> yeah, I've Thanks. known. I, it's funny. I've known Nate for uh, almost ten years now, and uh, you, you a couple times have had some pretty pretty good jobs. The yeah. airport job that was like a yeah. job job type yeah, job. That was a real that was, job. Yeah, but that was also like that was early on. Yeah, and but I was. What'd you do there? Uh, I did tech support for Northwest Airlines. Oh, wow. Well, it was d- it was after they had already been bought by Delta, but that was when I first started doing stand-up. And I don't even, like, thinking back to that, I don't even know how I did that. Because I was working eight hours a day, and then I would go straight from work at 5.30. I would drive to the, the open mic that night, and I would sleep in my car in the parking lot for two, three hours until the open mic would start, go into a set, hang out there until bar close, Go home, sleep for four hours, and then go to work. Yeah, it's crazy. Every day. Yeah, when we started, uh, we did, I mean, I don't know. Of the first, say, okay, so what do you, what do you got? Like 700 nights in two years, near thereabouts. Mm-hmm. Of those 700 nights, we must have done an open mic, at least 600 of them. Yeah. yeah. We were doing crazy amounts of open mics. Yeah. Me and you, Conroy was always out. Corey yep. Adam was always out. Gabe yep. Noah was always out. It was like, yeah, we'd always see the same, yeah, see the same like five, six people. Mm-hmm. What uh, have you? What's the history of you guys doing like New Year's shows? I did New Year's here um, with David Crow maybe four years ago. Best New Year's show I ever did was definitely the one here. Um, a lot of New Year's shows, a lot of New Year's shows spring up. There's n- there's more comedy on New Year's Eve that that's max comedy. Yeah, like, yeah. It's kind of like if you're like not New working, New Year's Eve and then Valentine's yep. are like the two. Yeah. If you're not working somewhere on New Year's. Mm, it's not a great sign. Sure. I mean, some people will just choose to take one off. Right. You know, but um, I rarely work on New Year's. Really? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I always, I'm always scramble for a New Year's gig. I mean, I've also taken some bad ones. I've spent New Year's Eve. Uh, I, I love John DeBoer. I love traveling with him. We did a New Year's show in some tiny town in like Iowa or Nebraska. It was pretty far away. And I remember we did the show in like a convention, you know, community center. A bunch of firemen, nice guys. Ate a pretty bad dinner. And then uh, we finished our sets, and they had a band. And then we was like, well, I guess we'll go home. We'll get up early tomorrow and drive. And so I literally spent New Year's Eve at, like, 11.15. I went to bed, sitting in a hotel room by myself, like, drinking wine out of a plastic cup. Aww. It's like, happy New Year's to me. Roll over. <laughs> so there's been a lot of New Year's like that. Sure. I took my wife to a New Year's gig last year. Um, it was a good it was a good show. Uh, the Rocks Tarrant put it on. Mm-hmm. And very crowded, paid very well. Audience was fun. And my wife n- had never really been on the road with me. And then afterwards, we went back to the hotel and ordered, like, pizza. And we're just sitting there at, like, 1030. And I'm like, she's like, so this is the road? I was like, yeah, yeah, this is it. This is actually <laughs> a pretty good one. And she's like, wow, this is not as much fun as I imagined it to be. I, w- I feel like, because you start dating someone as a comic. And then by the time you get married, she doesn't come to shows anymore. Oh, of course. Yeah. But, I mean, that's just It'd be crazy if she did. Yeah. I'd be yeah. like, what? It's like you, you clearly are abusive you have if your stop. wife is still coming right. out to your shows. But she's suspi- that means she's suspicious of something. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, even then, she she still wouldn't see your most, stupid act. Yeah, most. <laughs> <laughs> I've I've dated women that were suspicious. They don't come to the show. They yeah. just sit at home and are suspicious. Okay. Check your phone when you, we fall asleep. <laughs> right. Or whatever, yeah. All right. But but it's just I I wish that there you know like they would come on a road gig once in a while to see that like. It's not anything that they imagine it to be. No. It's not glamorous. It's not fun. You know, people's... I mean, it's fun on stage. But yeah. the rest of it is just sad. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's very sad. I think the best roads... 
the best case scenario for me on the road is that I'm just like quietly kind of productive. Like I go to a coffee shop and like read for a while and maybe write some jokes and see a movie. And I'm like, oh, that wasn't a completely wasted day. Like that's yeah. the best case scenario. I feel like 80% of my days on the road, I don't get out of bed. See, I, I, I'm always nervous about that because I get super depressed. So I, I, I get up and just try to leave the hotel. Yeah, room. I, but it doesn't mean I do anything when I leave. I'll just walk <laughs> around Grand right. Rapids for six hours <laughs> oh, aimlessly God. or whatever. That's the end of this month. Yeah, bed might, <laughs> bed might be better. Yeah. Well, it, oh, boy, that road malaise. Man. If you go on a long enough run of road gigs and you don't and you kind of stay in the condo or the hotel by like day five, you don't know what day it is, what year it is. You lose all sense of time. It's like I just live in this bed and I get out of this bed and I tell jokes and I get drunk and I lay down in the bed. And it's it, it, it the blur is unbelievable. Like I see why people do weird, impulsive, crazy stuff on the road because I, I feel like if I'm gone for it's more like than a, a week, landmark for your chronology. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. At least you, you did something. I mean? And like you're on the road and, and nothing seems to matter anymore because you're right. like, Well, I just travel and no one knows who I am and I'm alone and I spend all this time you know, like I think that's how a lot of people start doing characters. Oh like you've seen comedians that do characters on stage. And I think that that's how a lot of them start. Keeping themselves company? Well, not just that, <laughs> but, like, when you go to a new town, no one knows you. What a fun time to pretend to be Scottish. Sure. Until you can't anymore, and then you just wait until you go to the next town, and then maybe you push it further. It's so funny that you say that. Do you know the fake Scotsman? No. It's so funny you say that. I did a, I did a, 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 a comedy festival, the a Big Sky Comedy Festival, which is great. Free plug for Big Sky. You should do it, comics. Um, and there was this Scottish guy. And, I mean, this guy was so Scottish, he was like Shrek fucked a can of haggis. <laughs> he was the most Scottish person. He was in every way defined by his utter Scottishness. He was red-bearded. And he's like, oh, I can't do the accent. Like, oh, boyos, we're going to blah, blah, blah. You know, right, he's like right. so boisterous. And he wants to get drunk. In Scotland, here's how we do it. You know, and right. all this stuff. And then um, he got kicked out of the festival for getting super drunk and peeing on a bunch of cars and yelling at a hotel maid. And I was like, well, still Scottish. Okay. Um, and then I called a friend like a, a year ago, or I ran into him, Lucas Seeley. I ran into him uh, in Atlanta, and he said something about this guy, and I, his name was Luke. And I was like, what? And he goes, oh, yeah, it turns out he wasn't Scottish at all. And I was like, what's it? Yeah, he just told everyone he was Scottish. He burned all the bridges he could in comedy, <laughs> and then he changed his name and started claiming he was from the Deep South, and now he's, like, working the South as a redneck <laughs> character. What? He literally just went from one ethnic white ethnic caricature to a different white ethnic caricature under a different name. Well, now I have a new goal. Yeah. That's amazing. There's wow. A, there's a position open up for a fake Scotsman if you want to try that. <clears throat> there's a McDonald's near my house where this little uh, teen, this teenage kid works there. Oh, say that's your Scottish ref, McDonald's? Yeah. <laughs> I know Scotland, yeah, McDonald's, right? <laughs> <laughs> McMuffins, huh? Yeah. Shamrock Shake? Oh, no, that's Irish. Uh, and he runs the drive-thru. Yeah, I'll have the uh, number two. Oh, is there anything else you'd like? Uh -huh. And then you get up to the window, and the accent's gone. It's the same that's guy. That's kind of fun. I, yeah. I mean, you got to keep yourself entertained. Mm -hmm. yeah. The second and third time, I was like, all right, knock it off. Just take my order. How depressing would it be if you came all the way to this country and then you wound up in a McDonald's drive-thru gig? Like, you could have stayed there and had a shitty job. You didn't have to cross into an ocean to have a bad job. <laughs> the streets are paved with gold. <laughs> but you fuck one goat. It's <laughs> not a crime in Scotland. It's an Irish joke, isn't it? I, I think every, literally every culture has a go-fucking joke, pretty much. Well, right. 
and the South. And except well. maybe like early and in starving the cultures that don't. It's just a way of life. Yeah, or, yeah, or except maybe like an early starving country. They're like, it's like a compliment. Like he had a goat, and he didn't, he didn't even eat it. He fucked it. This guy's so extravagant. He has food that he just has sex with. <laughs> that joke makes me deeply uncomfortable. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Sean Patton was here a couple weeks ago. Mm-hmm. And God, was he was funny, by the way. I saw his show. He yes. Is, I've seen him before, but, man, he's funny. Yeah, as yeah. good as good as ever, for sure. And he was explaining something to me, I, which I thought was really interesting, and I want to get your opinion, because obviously the club I go to the most is Acme. I've been sure. to a few in other like states, mm-hmm. but not too many at all. Um, and obviously you guys have performed all over the place. He certainly has. Almost he seven clubs between the two of us. <laughs> He was describing to me about how the clubs that serve food in uh, the club, like during the show itself, yep. and how nice it. And we we're talking about how nice it is. They don't do that here at Acme. Yeah, right? it's one of my least favorite things. And the th- here's what I'm getting to: is he started describing. He goes, "I will be." He goes, "I'm doing a great show, and I got this full table. Like maybe not everybody's with me, but there's this table towards the front, and they're. Re- I'm, I know that if things that go bad, I can go back to them and rely on them to get mm-hmm. the laughs." Then all of a sudden the food comes uh-huh. and completely loses them. You can't. L- Do you have experience yeah, with you that? You literally can't eat and laugh at the same time. You'll die. That y- if you you'll try die. to eat and laugh, you will choke to death and die. Laughter is like sucking in breath and exhaling in a, right. an uncontrolled and fashion. Also, like in terms of a hierarchy of needs, like laughter comes after food. Yeah. So if someone's hungry, good point. And then you put food in front of them. It doesn't matter what the fuck you're saying. That's why when you get together with family, you eat food. So you don't have to listen to what anyone's saying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, totally. I mean, it just makes it a lot easier. Like, you know, if I have to sit with my parents for two hours and an hour and a half of it we're eating, great. It's fine. Right. Have you ever tried to just sit there for two? That's why we watch movies and eat food over the holidays, right? We play games. Yeah. yeah. And then with the food, of course, then there's the inevitable. Like, people are like, you, 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 it's your natural instinct to look at your food. It, it's it's very unnatural to not look at what you're eating, right? It's like an instinct. Right, right. So then they're constantly looking down at their hamburger. They're, it, it, they're, they're not focused. And then, so which, which, of course, with food, waitresses and waiters who are, who are good can bring drinks very covertly. And the drinks get swapped out. People just, you know, you just hold your beer up and shake it. And then she comes back with another. You know, when she walks by, you kind of point it at her or whatever. And she goes, oh, I got you, you know. And mm-hmm. There's no stealth way to order food. You have to be like, what do you want? I want a hamburger. How do you want your hamburger? Mm-hmm. Right. So there's a lot more table talk. And there's a lot more activity, and it's just it's real bad. I, I, I mean, like Skyline, they do like pretzel bites and nachos, and I don't mind that at all because I don't feel like that. You can eat nachos and watch, right? Like they're kind of built for that. Mm-hmm. But anything that needs a knife or a fork, or they have to pick up like a burger, yeah, it's just a it's just a disaster. Yeah, I keep missing the ketchup. Com- <laughs> you can't compete with food. No, I think it was like was it I am comic, mm-hmm. or there was a documentary where Brian Regan talks about. Talks about how, like, you'll be having a great show, and then someone that's loving everything you do will get a cheeseburger, and you just see him look at it, <laughs> and you're like, well, there we go. Oh. Yeah. This is over yeah, with. Yeah, same thing. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. So, I, I, I love clubs that don't And then also, themselves. especially, like, if they serve steaks mm-hmm. or anything that requires knives on plates. Yeah. Super yep. annoying. Yeah. Um, it's just a, it's, it doesn't mesh with a comedy show at all. That's yeah. why this club does dinner and a show. Like, yeah. anytime you do, like, a private show, they always have a meal and then comedy. Yeah. Yep. Or the Comedy Magic Club serves food in the club. But the deal is you you can't order past a certain point, and it's so far before the show that, like, even if you order at the last minute, like, 
you you will have food on your table when but the comic starts. Eating. You're done. I mean, you might be like picking at the breadsticks or whatever by right. then, but it, it's very smart. And because if you show up late enough, they go out. Ah, the kitchen, kitchen's closed right now. We're not serving food, which I think <laughs> is a smart way to do sure. it. Sure. Another thing I want to ask you guys about is um, this is another thing Sean Pat and I talked about. Netflix mm-hmm. and all the comics that are doing specials on Netflix. Not all. We're here. Yeah, there's a significant number of comics that are not getting specials on Netflix. Yeah. Okay, well, that, that <laughs> would include you two and Sean as well. And his yeah, well, attitude. That's surprising to me. He seems like he would destroy <laughs> a Netflix special. Like People would love that guy. Yeah. And it's interesting because his attitude was there are too many. Too I many people are getting them. I, I, I think that's absolutely true. I think you do. It has, it has made the special not very special. Yeah. I think. I mean, yeah. Now it's just like, it's just, and people just now, they want to have constant. It's they good. need to give fewer of them but more of them to me. Yeah, <laughs> I would say that's a that's an accurate statement. But I think it's now it's like people are like I don't know. It used to feel like man, this guy Carlin's got an hour special coming up. Chris Rock's got an hour special. And Maria Bamford's new hour was like a thing. Also, and Dave Chappelle's new special is coming out on New Year's Eve. Yeah. yeah. So we're competing with Chappelle. Two, his two specials coming that's out on New Year's simultaneously. I just feel like, come on, man, take a day. Yeah. Like, why? Well, he's like comedy Yoda, man. That guy's ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. He's so good. But, but it, it makes him so disposable that people are like, oh, a new hour. Okay, that was fine. Next, next, next. And it starts to make that out. It's like, no, it's an hour of someone talking. That was years of their life into that. And it makes it feel very, well, I mean, I do think, though, content that being the, the word. good yeah. specials still stand out. Yes. Yes. But I do, I, that, that sort of, uh, I think that part of the reason that Netflix gravitated towards stand-up for original programming very heavily recently is because it's one of the cheapest forms of original programming. Yep. Sure. Like, compare an hour stand-up special to an hour movie or, right? Like Oh, yeah. Oh, like, I mean. Even a band with, like, an acoustic guitar, a drum, <laughs> and right. a bass. You still right. got to have a sound guy. It's you way more lighting. expensive still. Yeah. yeah. Um, so that's one of the reasons, like, that's one of the reasons that NBC loves Last Comic Standing is because it's one of the cheapest shows they've ever made. Sure. Yeah. Um, so if anyone watches it at all, they're just rolling in money. Yeah. Yep. Um, the problem is no one watches it. But, <laughs> but I mean, that, no, that's why th- I always say stand-up will never really go away, go away, because someone's always going to be, like, ultimately, people just want to hear jokes, right, in comedy. Sure. Every comedy movie just comes down to, we got Bradley Cooper and Zach Galifianakis to this scenario, and they're going to basically say jokes. Right. It jokes, it, jokes are jokes, people laugh, and there's no cheaper, more del- economic, efficient way to deliver jokes than to say them directly to people. Yeah. Like they st- those jokes are still just as funny as when Zach Galifianakis says them to Bradley Cooper, but we don't gotta get in the we don't have to you know get a set and a director and all this right. stuff. Like we'll just shoot the jokes out at you. Um, yeah, I do think that there's a lot of there's a lot of specials, but I don't see it as necessarily bad. It does remind me a lot of when the sort of audio production gatekeepers fell mm-hmm. when everyone started self producing their own albums. Which have you recorded yet? Nope. Neither of us have recorded yet, and I know comics that have been doing stand-up, I don't know, a third as long as we have that have two albums. Yeah, yeah. for sure. And, um, I mean, I'm not, I'm sure they're great. No, probably not. <laughs> no, I mean. Uh, you don't mean that. <laughs> I, when I say I'm sure they're great, I mean probably not. No. But <laughs> In fairness, I'm sure mine wouldn't be very good either. <laughs> no, no, I mean, that's why I haven't made one, yeah. you know. Um, so I do think that, I do think that there's a watered-down element in terms of expectations, but I also, I sort of believe that, like, if you make something great, it's not like no one's going to notice because there's all this garbage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the good the good specials do kind of poke up, and you'll hear people talk, like, like Ali Wong's special was really good, 
And, and people uh, still talk about it. Yep. And, and yeah. it was like I watched it because, like, you know, a couple of different people. And I liked her anyway, so I kind of wanted to. But, like, man, I've heard, like, four people mention this. i got to check this special out. Versus, like, you know, some guy who's fine. You know, I'm not going to say any name. You know, has some yeah. special. And you go, like, eh, I could watch it. I could not. Either yeah. way. But, like, obviously, when, like, when Regan's new special came out, yeah. it was, like, day one. I'm like, Brian Regan has a special. Okay. Out. I shall watch this all the way through immediately. It's good. It's real good. Yeah, he's the that best. kid's really pulling it together. You know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think he's the Chappelle ones, I'll watch the Chappelle yeah, ones. Yeah. If Chad Daniels had a special, I'd be there day one. There's, you know, Gary Goldman has a new one. I'll watch that. There's a lot of, mm-hmm. you know. But yeah, you're right. There are a lot of. Just, I don't know. It is what it is. I also don't watch a ton of stand up. No. Specifically on Netflix. Yeah, I watch. If I watch it, it's almost like live. Mm-hmm. That's okay. Yeah. And what are you and what are you two uh, waiting for to record? Is there an soon? expert out there that can tell you like now's the time? Um, is there somebody else's opinion? You know, you'll you would hear different. Um, you'll hear different opinions about it. Um, some people say, "Why would you be silly not to record any material that works so you can have it working for you?" Some people would say, yeah, "You mean, should wait until a giant record label offers you a TV deal with a, a bunch of money yeah. to record." I think. Also, I think albums have shifted from being a money maker initially, where. Like, the goal sort of used to be, at least as I understand it, I'm not by any means an expert, but the goal used to be have an hour that's good enough where someone's like, I'm going to give you $20,000 to record with my label yeah. or something yeah. like that. Just, I mean, I'm making up numbers. Sure. But, and now it's, I think, people make so much more money on their SoundCloud mm-hmm. that it's more about just getting material out there so that you can start earning money on it. Through your Spotify and your Pandora, SiriusXM and SiriusXM. Like, I do have a recording that I did just for SiriusXM that basically only lives in the SiriusXM vault or whatever, and they play that stuff. Really? Um, yeah, yeah. I taped a show here. I taped a couple shows here uh, last summer, maybe. Um, and so, yeah. So, Holy my fuck, that's a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, my buddy's the program director at Raw Dog. Yeah, he just, he just put me in the rotation. It was easy to do. It. it you know what I mean? How, who recorded it? Like, did you have to have a sound guy? Uh, I heard my uh, my friend Tony, who did a really nice job. I always point people toward Tony. He does a really good job. Uh, I forget his last name off the top of my head, but yeah, Tony came out and just recorded off the soundboard, and it's just audio. And I just broke it into tracks. I did uh, and you a bunch of clean tracks. And everything? And, yep, like did a bunch of clean tracks, a bunch of dirty tracks, just like doing a CD. But like, you didn't have to worry in any capacity about cohesion because none right. of these were ever pl- meant to be. I mean, I, I guess you could play them in a row and they kind of fit together, but it was really. You'd break it apart, you know, and so yeah, I, like my laundry joke gets played a lot. Um, no kidding. Yeah, a couple, a couple of my jokes are on pretty good rotation. Son of a bitch. <laughs> yeah, that was my uh, my fantastic manager, uh, Nat Nat uh, Nat Goldberg. Uh, Nat Goldberg. Oh, I'm gonna have to get one of those. <laughs> 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 you guys, I you have no idea how cool I think it is because I have a XM radio in my car, <laughs> and Raw Dog is one of my favorite yeah. stations. Yep. And when somebody pops up on there, I'm like, I know them. Oh, it's great. It's, it's kind of so awesome. Road. It's kind of like hearing your friend get piped in. And yes. then I have had the La Bamba slash that thing you do moment a couple of times where I'm like driving to a gig, listening to Sirius, and my thing comes on. I'm nice. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. But then I always turn it down right away because I'm like, oh, I don't want to hear that joke. <laughs> <laughs> I've heard that enough. <laughs> but it's like, oh, here's my name. My name's, my name's on my car. <laughs> There's a display with my name on it. Oh, now it's Gary Goldman's car. <laughs> <laughs> now it's size. Um, what, uh, do you have a best memory of New Year's, like, before being a comic? Or worst? Parties or anything? No, uh, no, I was never a big New Year's party guy. It always sort of seemed like you were just gonna go, I always tell people, like, 
you know, New Year's is really annoying because you basically go to the same place you would normally go, but it's like more crowded and it costs more. <laughs> when you're a comic, yeah, it's great. You go to the same place you would normally go, but it's really crowded. It's really and crowded. You pay twice as much. You know? right, it's like, right. So once, <laughs> but so I never really would would go out. Um, I think a comedy show is actually kind of a perfect thing to do. I think the smartest people are the ones who come to the early show. And they have a really good time, and they stay and have a couple drinks, and they drive home while it's safe, and then they clink glasses or, you know, celebrate at the bar and get the hell out. I think those people are, are smart. Um, but, uh, yeah, no, I was never a big New Year's party guy. Okay. I used to spend it with my grandparents. That was probably if I had a best memory. My parents would go out, you know, you know, they were, I was, you know, five. Oh, I would sure. stay with my grandmother, and she would make food, and I would watch the, you know, dumb parades and stuff and hang out with my grandparents. Oh, that's good. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I have good memories of, like, yesterday and, like, 32 years ago, <laughs> and in between, it's pretty pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> I think my best one was with a girlfriend, but we were dating. Do you think that's her best New Year's? <laughs> no, well, here's the thing. Uh, the relationship wasn't great, but but that New Year's was really great. We like went to a few different parties. It was snowing all day, and then we like made it official like at midnight. Oh, wait a minute! Dating. Oh, yeah. I thought you meant broke up. Like, you no, know no, what? We're no. done here. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> Start the new year off like, right. Like we had we had been seeing each other for a while, but it was like it was like on New Year's was when we we're like we should probably just, you know, first kiss at midnight. No, we had <laughs> kissed before. You know, <laughs> oh, someone's loose. <laughs> I mean, I mean you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. We we uh, my first well, my second ever paid gig was on New Year's. My first paid gig was uh, my first paid gig was that old Bill Bauer show in Chisholm, Minnesota, like around Thanksgiving. My, my first was also Bill Bauer. It was a Bill Bauer New Year's show in like Anoka, or like yeah, it was in Anoka okay. or something like that. And Wayne Burfine. And Peabow were also on the show. I think they might have co-headlined or something. I just remember my job was to um, Bill was uh, Bill was a cock. Bill was great. Bill was like, make sure you get a lot of you know, get everyone to sign up for the mailing list, and you know, so you gotta get you really really hammer the comment cards with the mailing list, you know. Uh-huh. And I was doing it, and nobody was turning them in, nobody was filling them out. And I noticed that they had a, a Christmas tree in the lobby with all these boxes, and I went and started picking them up. They're all empty, but they were really nicely wrapped. So I carried all the boxes in with me, and I said, the fir- f- I'm going to pick 20 random people who fill this email out, and you're going to get a Christmas present. And everyone got really excited, and they all turned them in, and then I just went and handed out all the empty boxes. So then the people opening the boxes were livid when they found that there was nothing in there. <laughs> and then the person who ran the place was like, my decorations! <laughs> and I was like, hey, what are you going to do? <laughs> wow. It worked. I was proud of myself. Did you hand the comment cards after that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember I did a I did a show at Club Underground with uh, Gus and those guys. Nice. I think it was a laugh rock repeat even. Oh, nice. Back when they were still doing those, that was a really fun New Year's show. Paid fifty dollars. Ah, uh, but it was money. also four blocks from my house. Sure, there's that. Yeah, nice, nice. Uh, funny movies. Was there a really funny movie that I missed this year, Brian? Bright, bright. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I've been hearing funny. about that. Woof. That's I the Will Smith thing, right? Yeah. And yeah. you've tried to watch it? I successfully watched it. You're all welcome. And? It's terrible. It's terrible. It's absolutely unwatchable. What is so terrible about it? <sighs> it's like... <laughs> uh, so there's, like, if you're a huge nerd, there's a universe called Shadowrun. That's like, it's an oh, old... I just, heard, I just heard a bunch of pussies dry up somewhere. Yeah, yeah. What was that? Just... just um, <laughs> I think that was just your mouth. <laughs> 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 but 
but it's like it's like someone tried to shoehorn a fantasy setting into a buddy cop movie. Okay. I mean, that's the literally a description of the movie in a way. Yeah. No, I, but it's like, but the thing that's so weird about it is the fantasy plot intersects with the buddy cops, but other than that has no bearing on it. Like, they don't know what they're doing. They don't have any business being there, and they don't have any domain expertise. Like, it's... It's like there was a there was a not a good but a fun movie in there, but they chose not to shoot it. <laughs> and instead, shoehorned these two things together in a way that they don't belong at all, and it's painfully obvious that they don't. You like, chose to watch that over some uh, comedy specials on Netflix. Um, <laughs> I s- also <laughs> I saw it just looked so ridiculous. That I wanted to, and, and it was getting panned so bad. I was like, I gotta check this out. Yeah, I, it I also they spent ninety million dollars on it. Jesus. Yeah, I get fascinated. Like I got that in Justice League. I haven't seen either one, but I was kind of obsessive about reading the bad reviews. Like it was sort of fun to follow people being appalled by how bad these movies were. It's like yeah. it's gotten to the point where I do kind of want to see at least parts of both of those because I've read so much about them that I want to like put a face to a name, like, as it were. Yeah, Bright was was so bad, because also it's kind of the, like, if you read any of the interviews that the screenwriter Max Landis did about the movie, because Hollywood does this fun thing now where they talk to the creators of things before the things are reviewed. Like, for instance, when Jared Leto did The Joker, and he did all these interviews about his method for becoming The Joker. Yeah. Before anyone had a chance to tell him that his Joker sucks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so then he just looks like the biggest dick because he was walking around being an asshole to everyone to get into character. Yeah, but yeah. it turns out his character sucks. Right? You blew but, it. But Max Landis was, he said he hoped that Bright would be his Star Wars. Uh-oh. <laughs> yeah, that's uh, an ambitious goal. <laughs> wow. But but the thing is, is it is so bad. I, w- I wasn't really familiar with him or anything, and he's also got some uh, some allegations against him now. Oh. Um, Who doesn't? <laughs> but, but like, his that movie is so bad. It makes me wonder who propped up the movies that he wrote before by rewriting them, oh. or if this one was rewritten, or like because it he, there's nothing done right. Wow, there's not a single thing that's done right in that movie. The dialogue is painful at points. There's a f- there's like a three minute scene that feels like a ten minute scene in that movie because the dialogue is that bad. It's amazing. Like I thought it was when I saw a quick clip of it, I thought it was like a remake of that Alien Nation movie. It's kind of the years same ago. plot of Alien Nation, but with orcs instead of aliens to some degree. I haven't seen that one. Okay. You guys aren't talking about the Sector. No, District Nine. No, District this was, Nine. This was yeah. an old, no, this was an old TV show. Than okay, like, yeah. Like late eighties. Because District Nine was awesome. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, District Nine was well, the first half of it anyway. Yeah, I mean. Yeah. What, how much good movie do you really want? <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you the movie you should see is Killing of a Sacred Deer. It's a what is that? Like an absurdist. It's sort of like an absurdist Kafka esque comedy. It's but it's also a horror movie. Um, I don't want to give too much away. It's Yorgos Lanthimos, this great Greek director who did uh, The Lobster and Dogtooth. And Colin Farrell is a surgeon. Um, he's an an- he's a surgeon. Uh, who is best friends with an anesthesiologist and his his kicks he likes his wife to pretend she's been anesthetized when they have sex is Nicole Kidman. It's real dark. Whoa. Wait, the anesthetist? That's his his partner. His partner's kink. Colin Farrell's kink is to pretend that his 
okay. part, his wife to pretend that his partner has anesthetized her. <laughs> and okay. It's very dark. Uh, but he, he has this very uncomfortable relationship with this teen boy, and he's like buying him all these presents and hanging out with him a lot. And the whole movie are like, why are you hanging out with a 12-year-old boy that no one knows about? Mm. And the answer turns out to be so much worse than you think. Oh. And it gets like weird and, and a little bit supernatural, and it's amazing. And it has the best last scene of any movie this year. No movie ended better than the last one. People, people in the theater, like you, you could hear people gasping. It was great. It was great because you, some people were laughing. Some one woman was crying. Some people were gasping. Some people were just like, "What the hell?" I was like, <laughs> "Yeah, man, that's how you want a movie to end. Yeah. No one knows what yeah. the hell to make of it, but everyone's reacting. It's great." Do you have a? Uh, what did you think of Star Wars? It was good. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, I'm not nerdy enough to really like it or hate it. You I know? was shocked that people had very strong reactions to it. It didn't seem like. Yeah, I, I saw. I saw it. Like after I heard it was like divisive or whatever. If you would have showed me that movie a week before it came out, I'd been like, "Yeah, people probably like that pretty well." <laughs> I, mean, I don't see what's to it, be divisive about. I think the thing about the Star Wars movies, and also I should also clarify, I'm uh, I'm a big nerd. I don't give a shit about Star Wars. I care about Star Wars as little as you could, and still watch the movie. Okay, basically. Uh huh. Um, but I went to see it, and it it just seems to me that the new Disney Star Wars. Are all feel so focus grouped mm-hmm. that there's no room for any sort of artistry to happen. And what ends up happening is all of the movies are blandly okay. Yep. And that's how they're going to stay. And they're going to keep oscillating, trying to appease the critiques of the last movie with the <laughs> next movie yep. every time. Ugh. And and it's just going to be, that's what it's going to be forever because you know, the, the first movie, the big critique was it's a reskin of the original. Right. Which is totally valid. Mm-hmm. Totally valid. Oh, yeah. Um, and then this one, people are like, well, it's so different. But it's also different in so many superficial ways. Like, the planet is a salt planet instead of an ice planet. Yeah, and right. it's like, okay, well, who gives a shit? Like, yeah. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know what I mean? Like, th- really, all you're doing is when I'm in the theater, like, hey, look, an ice planet. And then the guy goes, it's salt. And I'm like, shit. <laughs> like you, you got me. Yeah. yeah, you know, but they're they're so uh, so cognizant of what people want, and so intently trying to deliver exactly that that they're never going to be great. Yeah, they're always agree. they're always going to be fine. That's why I, I always I've never liked Disney in general, and especially like going to Disney World. I don't like to feel the manipulation. Like we know what you want, and we're going to give you exactly what right. you want. It's like I'm like I don't know. It's so hollow. You know, it's much more interesting to see somebody go. Well, I made something that I want. Let's see if you like it. Right, I I think that I think that true art can't be designed to please, specifically. Sure. Yeah, it doesn't have to be like confrontation, like like s- killing of a sacred deer and all those Yorgos Lanthimos movies are like really confrontational. Right. I would totally get if somebody's like or Michael Haneke movies or whatever. I would totally get if someone's like not my bag or David Lynch. Right. Brian Regan isn't confrontational. Right. But what he does is art. Yeah, and he's mm-hmm. not. He that's just what he really wants, and that like that he's yeah. doing the kind of comedy. He's not going like I wonder what people would like Brian Regan to do. You know? Right. He's like, no, he just goes right. up there and does it. Yeah. You see comics who do go up there and and do like, well, this is what you're supposed to do. And they're called they're hacks. Yeah, they're basically <laughs> just an impression of a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What uh, you didn't, Brian? You didn't try to avoid what people were saying about it. Star Wars. Yeah, I mean, you you, you just said that you you, so you didn't uh, clearly see it at like an opening day or anything. I, saw, right? I think I saw it. I saw it kind of early. I think I saw it like Saturday afternoon or something. But just but word had already got out of nerds being like, "Where's my answer for this?" And they screwed this I didn't up. 
I didn't read any specifics. I just knew people were. I knew people were like kind of mad. Corey Adam texted me and he was like, "It's terrible." Oh, um, okay. And somebody else like within within an hour, Corey texted me and said it was the worst, and somebody said it was their favorite movie of the year. And I was like, "Huh." Okay. Something. Yeah, I tried to. I avoided. I just didn't want to find out. The one thing I really liked about it is there was less than five minutes of lightsabers extended. <laughs> yeah. There's just no lightsaber fights, Which except for the one big. Right. Cool one. Yeah. Except for the the one at the end, but like a lot of those movies, like th- I mean, some of them just feel like that's all it is the whole time. Yeah. Like there's some space battles and shit like that, but like I thought that that was really neat how it it actively avoided um, a lot of that sort of. I don't know. It was fine. Yeah. 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 It, it felt long. I will say that it was. It was very long. Yeah, two and a half hours, and going. Oh, I went twice within the first 24 hours wow. i went yeah i went opening night i had to work uh, a wild game that night but i went afterwards at like the 10 30 show which then after 20 minutes of previews starts at around 11 yep. and then you're getting out yeah at 1 yeah. 30 in the morning yep. it's insane i'm too old for those midnight shows I, I, I know i need to convince myself i am too and then uh yeah and then i went and saw it again the next day with a younger audience hmm. and they clapped more in huh. the theater than the nerds on opening night. I think it's funny that a lot of the nerds are, are all mad. They're like, it's like they're getting rid of all the old stuff that we like and just making all these new characters. I'm like, yeah, they literally said that in the movie. The guy's like, I'm going to get rid of the past. It's, like they, my, it's in the dialogue. My favorite memory of Star Wars was to see episode two. I saw episode two opening night. Okay. After not really enjoying episode one. Sure. And I went with a date, and something really funny happened... I'd say like 15 minutes into the movie, pretty early. Because that, if anyone remembers episode two, that movie was a steaming pile of shit. Awful. Yeah. I think it was the worst of the Actively the, the worst of maybe a Star Wars movie ever. I, yeah, it, I, I think w- it I is. I would go with that. I think so. I um, agree. And 15 minutes in, and I'm talking, there were fans there. I was just looking for a fun date Yeah, for a Friday night or whatever sure. to take this girl. Spaceships, woo! Yeah, right? Uh, and... Fifteen minutes in, and these are people. People are dressed up in Jedi costumes. There's, you know, Sith, c- full makeup kind of yeah. shit. And uh, Anakin says something stupid, which is all of his lines mm-hmm. in that movie. And then someone goes, "Fuck you!" <laughs> <laughs> and the whole theater starts laughing. Nice. And it became an unsolicited Rocky Horror Picture Show no style way. screening. Swear to God, where we were just talking shit. To George Lucas <laughs> and the production staff the whole time. <laughs> like, I remember there's a planet that's just all waterfalls. Yeah. I, I <laughs> that he takes her to. Yeah. <laughs> and, it's and one, of the, it's one of the settings for those awful cardboard yeah. conversations they they're have. Scan- they're just scanning the, it's just nothing but waterfalls. And then someone goes, oh, that'll sure get her wet. Like, it's just, <laughs> just all. People by someone he meets him. Right. People are talking shit the whole time. And it was the most fun I've ever had at the movies. Nice. I think I end up talking about that. I, pro- I might have even talked about that on this podcast before. But m- maybe. But yeah. I yeah I uh, and it's clearly the worst one. Yeah, and but we laughed the whole time. <laughs> I had a couple real good zingers. Can't remember them, but nice. And Disney will be making those movies until forever. Hey, it, Weird Al said it. He'll be making these movies till the end of time. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he called it. That's right. He certainly did. 
Is there anything else we should be mentioning about you guys? Uh, obviously, people just need to come out for the tickets that remain. Yeah, we're hearing the ticket sales fast, are pretty. Yeah, not as fast as it would be if they had other comics <laughs> on the bill, but <laughs> pretty well, fast. I, I'm not saying we're moving tickets fast, but Acme, as a renowned yeah. institution, is sure, sure. A lot of, moving a lot of paper. Yeah, uh, I believe that the early New Year's Eve show is already sold out. Early Saturday and, sold out, I think. And the the late show for New Year's Eve is close. Okay. There's only a, f- a few tickets left for that, and then uh, it's Wednesday. Wednesday's close to sold out. It's tonight. Tonight's close to sold out. Thursday's sold out. Friday late. There's still tickets. Um, there'll be some tickets if you want to come out. There'll, yeah. be, there'll be some tickets. There's still some had. tickets. Sure, always. And call if ahead, it's sold out like on the website, call the club. Yeah, yeah. exactly. That's what just. Or I always tell people like, if you're really dedicated and you don't mind running the risk, a lot of times some tickets open up if people don't show up. True. And so if you just go and tell them at the ticket booth, like, hey, if any open up, give me a holler. You go to sit at the bar and have a drink. Mm-hmm. As, yeah. long as, you're, as long as you're willing to potentially not get in, usually you could probably, yeah. as long as you don't bring ten people, if it's just right, you and right. a friend, usually a seat or two will open. You know, a group of ten becomes a group of eight. Yeah, And, and totally. so, hey, two seats for you. You know, so. In fact, uh, you know, when I was, like I said, I was at the show last night, and I I, cr- I snuck in, you know, about 10 minutes in or something, sat right in the, the very back row there. I ended up having to get moved because a group of 10 showed up like 30 minutes in. Well, they know you, so they can be like, Justin, get, get the hell out of here. That's way. pretty <laughs> much what happens. <laughs> pretty yeah. much what happened. I went, I, no problem. <laughs> yeah, no that's problem. You know, I've, I've definitely done that before. They're like, Miller, y- y- you're not paying any money. Go, go get the corner. <laughs> yeah. Don't take this good seat. Yep, I'm good. I'm good. I give a... Fellas, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Uh, good luck the rest of the week. And for people that are coming to the shows, uh, try and figure out and understand the rules for voting for these guys. Because uh, I think we spent more time explaining the rules to the audience members than we did doing stand-up. Af- after the show, explaining the rules. Yeah. It was a solid 30-minute of rules explanation over and yeah, over again. It was, uh, it's, it's pretty grueling and, and pretty fun. Yeah. yeah, we'll see how funny it's tonight. Lewis is definitely getting his money's worth. <laughs> yes, yes, he is. And and really, that's all that matters. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, guys. Thanks. Thank you. Hey, Brian, I was. Uh